Hello and welcome to Caffeinated Monsters, your bi-weekly comedy horror podcast. As always, I'm your host, Faith, and we've got Keith with us. Hi, Faith. Nice to be back again. Yeah, it's nice to be back after a much-needed rest on the holiday season. Absolutely. Hope you had a, a nice chilled Christmas and New Year period like I did myself. Oh, yes. Plenty of drinks and plenty of cheese and crackers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much mine in a nutshell. Oh, yes. Can't forget about the chocolate as well. Special quality straight. <laughs> Um, I got, yeah, I'm not a massive chocolate fan, I'm a much more savoury person, so I'm more about the pistachios and stuff, so that, that was mainly me, wine and pistachio nuts. Oh, good choice. Have you ever tried pistachio ice cream or uh, pistachio chocolate? Yeah, pistachio, I love both of them, I love both of them. I love pistachio, oh, yeah. I love the flavour. I might do something for your birthday then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think of a few places <laughs> where you can get some other stuff like that. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of it about. More and more popular. Anyway. Off track already. Um, yeah, this week's episode is about movies that are coming out this year. Whether we're excited about them, for a bit mad, or we're just a bit indifferent. Absolutely. There's um, there's a few I'm particularly excited about, which we'll talk about as we go. And there's a few that have potential, but I hope so. Massively high for them, just for, for, you know, repeated mistakes of previous films. Yeah, it's, a no- it's kind of like if they... some. Um, it's when they put too much emphasis on the marketing and it just gets way too hyped I mean, and it I just think, kind of yeah. blows it completely out of proportion it's like oh god I think that happened this year with um, Smile so I mean Smile lots of people absolutely loved it um, and I, you know, I'm really happy to see a 17 million dollar film do 250 million plus but for me it was just the, that, that film was fine it wasn't like wowzers as, as some people thought but you know, I had no issues of it. It's a bit too much like the ring, and it follows for me. Um, even to the point of, of when there was trouble going on, the gradient of the picture changed in the same way it does in the ring. It just felt too much, too much similar. But it was still, it was a still fun, fine film. But people were putting it as the number one of the year and stuff, and it, it wasn't even in my top ten. So, and, but you know, the marketing for that film was just absolutely incredible. It was really well done. Doing, doing, they had like you know people in, in sports stadiums. Just stood there smiling with a smile all the way through the games and obviously getting pictures put in the papers then and stuff. So yeah, fantastic marketing that made the film really hyped up. For me, it didn't live up to its whole expectations, even though I did think it was fine. But yeah, lots of people loved it and good marketing can really can really hype a film to, to do really, really well as it's, a smile did. Well, it's good to know that it did really well in the cinema, but at the same time it's like, yeah, I've, I've heard from so many people that have literally gone, you know what, it wasn't actually that scary. Like, as a film, it's fine. But... Yeah, it's it fine, exactly. It, it had a couple of, it had some jump scares, but a couple of them were really cheap jump scares, and that just, you know, frustrates you when, especially for someone who, who has a knack of jumping out the skin at the slightest jump scare. And they're really cheaply done, it's just just great on you a little bit. Yeah, I feel the same way when it comes to like too many jump scares. I mean, Joe's saying they like, like I get jump scared easily, but after a while, it just comes across as you might like the way you sort of like jump repeatedly, you might as well just have the hiccups because it's the same body <laughs> reaction. Yeah, well, a lot of films do rely on the um, jump scares. Just, and there's, there's a few that I've got in coming next year, which I imagine I'm, I'm worried that will be mostly reliant on that type of thing. So what's um, first on your list of films that you're looking forward to next year? There's something wrong with the children. Okay. Yes. So it's a film coming out this year. And they said next year for a moment then. Uh, la, 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 la. So I've got some notes on it. 
Uh, so essentially the storyline is Margaret and Ben uh, take a weekend trip with uh, long-time friends Ellie and Thomas and their two children. Eventually Ben begins to suspect something supernatural is occurring and the children behave strangely after disappearing into the woods. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I just looked at it on IMDb and it comes with releases very soon, actually 17th of January. I've not actually heard of this one, this one wasn't on my list. It has a it's... bit of a hole in the ground type sound. Have you ever seen a film called The Hole in the Ground? Yes, yeah. yeah so we'll reference that later with one of the films I'm looking forward to this year. But yeah, I thought that it's got that sort of similar sound and vibe, hasn't it? Someone goes missing the woods, comes back, not the way you'd expect. Mm. I mean, it's being released by, I think, Blumhouse. So I'm kind of like, mm, how do I feel about it? Because Blumhouse tend that they do the um, like low cost, high reward sort of thing, yeah. don't they? Where it's kind of like they'll keep the like the budget as tight as possible, but they'll get like yeah. a massive reward bonus as a result of it. Yeah, they've got a lot. They've done a lot of good stuff, but you know they've done some very middling things as well. So. You know, I'm always willing to give Blumhouse a chance because they're one of the few big sort of, well, big name studios now that concentrate solely on horror, or horror, sorry. I mean, it's only in recent years that I've kind of go, oh, Blumhouse, actually really good. But um, I mean, there's some films for that company where I'm like, okay, it could go either way. It's either going to be, like, the story isn't going to be like fantastic and it's not going to be that interesting or it's going to be complete opposite and it's going to be like, oh my God, I need to rewatch yeah. this. So it could be Get Out or it could be Fantasy Island, you know, one of them two, the two very opposite um, quality of films from production Studio. I'm glad you're the one that said that because I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't a fan of Fantasy Island. It was, it was Fantasy Island, wasn't it, with um, based on a TV show. I'd see that one in the cinema. Yeah, Fantasy Island with Michael Payne. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, again, that's, is that Is that again, in the cinema? Oh, sorry to interrupt you. No, it's all right. Uh, I was just thinking that really, yeah, again, it's the, um, it was overhyped for what it was like the um marketing for it was really good for it but at the same yeah. time it was so overhyped <laughs> and you watched it and it's like oh <laughs> yeah it was a very uh, yeah meh film but i guess it, i mean i don't really, I remember the tv show a little bit when i was younger but uh what's a handful of episodes i think um friend chris remember how he, he, he remembers it really quite well but i don't think i don't think he even really like the film that much to be honest so okay yeah that, that's a interesting start of rooting that one down do we know sorry do you know that one's coming out on cinema release or is it just a streaming one because you know it's hard to tell with, at the minute because january is normally a good time for studio to drop um horror films you, you see it's, it's not like it's hard to call it a dumping ground, but it used to be for, for horror films that weren't so great and they had to release. they do it in January because no one else would release anything in January, so they'd have more chance of making money. Because obviously everyone releases towards the end of the year if they can, or the summer blockbusters. So January is normally a place for new horror to get to released. Which actually leads on um, to the first film I've got down as something to look forward to, or, you know, upcoming film I'm interested in. And that's Megan, which again, I think that's Blumhouse as well. Um, have you seen the trailer for Megan? Oh God, I think everyone's seen the trailer, yeah, the trailer for Megan. Yeah. I've actually not seen the trailer. I've tried to avoid trailers as much as I can. I try and get onto films as blind as I can. Um, just because, yeah, you know, trailers quite often give way too much of the film away. Um, especially with horror, you know, giving away jump scares that are upcoming and stuff. But yeah, so yeah, Megan, um, it's actually directed by Jared Johnston who did Housebound. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Housebound, it's really from, I think it was a New Zealand film, a girl who gets sort of housebound because she you know, gets arrested and you know, stuff happens which I won't go into and not here to talk about the previous film so much, but it was a very good film, very enjoyable. So when I found out... I remember that doing... film, I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, good, good to see you, I've seen it. Great opening, it's like a horror comedy really, isn't it? Um, 
Yeah, I love yeah. the humour in it because it's just yeah, so, right. oh dear God, why? <laughs> but you can't stop yourself from watching it because it's just so funny. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that, that director is, is the director for Megan, so that gives it a little bit of an interest to see how he does with what would be a bigger budget than he had a, a housebound. Um, obviously, it, it's a well tread trope of killer AI dolls. Um, you know, Chucky started it, which it wasn't really an AI doll the original film, that was a supernatural thing, but the latest iteration of Chucky, the reboot, was an AI doll, but it did work really well actually, it was surprisingly good for the reboot. Um, so yeah, that was the first film I had to look forward to coming up. It could be uh, interesting and obviously releases in January, so gives us something to go to cinema and watch early on. I'm very surprised. This year seems to be like, uh, January seems to be like the big thing for people to release their films, because there's like, like three, maybe four of them coming out in January, and I'm like, holy shit, why? Because it, like you said, it is known as like the dump month for horror films. Yeah, I don't know, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's changing a bit because like most films now, um, horror has become a big, big event film now, hasn't it, in, in cinema-wise, you've got, you know, Smile, even Terrifier 2 was, you know, sort of became an event film, um, with the traction that film got as well, with horror and sort of Disney, not I'm sorry, Disney, DC and Marvel stuff. It, that's what people are going to see in the cinema now. You don't see people often talking about going to see, I don't know, for instance, Glass Onions just come out on Netflix over the Christmas period, which is Knives Out two. Knives Out was fantastic. I haven't watched Glass Onion yet, but apparently it's fantastic, and we're going to watch it over the weekend, I think, with my wife. But um, you only get to it's only getting a week run at the cinema. So I think this, this is more opportunity to get people to go and see the films now in the month of January. You know, people will go and see horror because it's become an event. People want to go and see it on a big screen because it's, it's scary even watching a small screen, I guess. I suppose because it's dark outside in the moment as well. It kind of adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But yeah, I, I, I'm looking, I would like to watch Megan, but I don't want to get my hopes up too high because yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's really creepy. It's yeah, like it's, it's, not. it's a it's a doll that's literally like a, a robotic doll that's the size of a young child, and that is quite creepy. But I don't yeah. want to be like overhyped by it and kind of and make myself feel disappointed by the end. Yeah, no, I don't think it's I don't feel hyped at all by it to be honest. I just that's why I got down as one of the first ones to talk about. It, it's it's the film that's coming up. It's from a good or you know I believe to be a good studio to release horror films so you know it might work Chucky and Annabelle work as dolls but um yeah it's not even I'm going to go into that with pretty medium expectations and hope I get a three out of five film I'm not expecting I I kind of feel like I have to have my expectations low in order to actually be like okay I'm gonna watch this I'm not gonna be overhyped I'm not going to be overexcited I'm just gonna watch it (laughs) Absolutely, that's the way to go into a film like this, not to be, unless you're trying to see it soon, because you know, if people start to say it's great afterwards, then you're in for all sorts of trouble if you go and watch it and are disappointed. But yeah, no, that's the first film. It's released in January, just like the, the film you just mentioned. So um, yeah, so that's my first, first film I put forward. <laughs> so I've got like, a, it's a comedy horror that's apparently based on a true story, and it's just it's just nuts. So it's called Cocaine Bear. Yeah, I've got that on my list as well. I mean, I don't think I, I have seen a trailer for that because there's nothing keeping me away from a trailer about a beer that does a load of cocaine. So yeah, I have I have seen the tra- I have got that on my list as well to, to mention. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's uh, an audible group of cops, criminals, tourists and teens uh, conversion a Georgia 
Georgia Forrest of a £500 black bear ingests a large amount of cocaine and goes on a drug fueled rampage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the trailer looks like it should just be funny, right? This would be crazy fun. And I'm um, crazy that it is actually Ray Liotta who sadly passed away this year. It's his last ever film is Cocaine Bear, which I'm sure, sure is um, not the way you wanted to go out, but here we are. But yeah, no, I, I don't know that again, if that's going to be a straight to streaming or. or um, a cinema release, I imagine it might get one of them films that might end up getting a small cinema release because everyone has got the hype behind it in the same way that something like Sharknado did back in the day. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the Snakes in the Plane, another one, you know, Cocaine Bear, it, it's that sort of feel, isn't it? Which should be funny and a bit silly. Again, I, I have seen the trailer, and I imagine we've probably seen the best parts of it in the trailer, but it still should should be funny. It itself actually looks decent i mean in snakes on a plane and Sharknado, yeah the graphics aren't great in terms of the animals but in this one it actually looks really good like it actually looks really like um quite menacing and you think that you know it's not an actual bear it doesn't quite look real but at the same time it looks realistic enough oh yeah yeah so they look they look fine cdi obviously but yeah cdi has improved since um sharknado and it's probably got a little bit bit more of a budget than the original Sharknado films had. Even though they've made something crazy. Sharknado films, I mean, I I didn't get along with the first one, even for the for the joke it was meant to be. Um, I'm sure it's made like 4.5 billion as a, as a series. It is just absolutely incredible. Somehow I'm not surprised. It's like six, maybe seven of them. Yeah, but still, that's not, you know, close to, you know, 800 million or something per film, which is just crazy. There's something that poor. They might have so... Is it? Mm. What's your next movie? Yep, my next one up I've got is well, I mentioned this one because again I'm not you'll see you'll see why I'm I'm not so overhyped on this at all. Um but M. Night Shyamalan has a new film coming out um called Knock at the Cabin. So this is a film starting starring Dave Batista and Rupert Grint, which I believe is a guy from Harry Potter. Um in an apocalypse home invasion movie, so that's a twist to it, I guess, but apparently, you know, there'll probably be another twist because it's M. Night Shyamalan. Um, so yeah, you know, he's, he's always a, a name that when, you, when a film's going to buy him, you're interested because he doesn't just do the straightforward, but for me, it's been a lot more miss than hit with his films. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. It's a shame because obviously the first film I think I remember seeing, I don't know if it was his first ever, was um, Sixth Sense. I've seen that at the cinema and I don't you know, I've got to be honest, I didn't see the twist and that coming at the end. It really did get me, so you know, fair play to him on that. Um, and I'm trying to think of the films. The Village, I wasn't a great fan of. It wasn't a, It wasn't bad. It's better than most of the rest of his films. Signs, no, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't impressed by that. Um, Unbreakable was good. Uh, old, I wasn't a fan of. Or, you know, interesting concept if you've seen that one, but it just didn't play out very well. Split was okay, it was fine, but it wasn't, you know, incredible. Then you had, what was the other one? The, the one I didn't really like, I think The Devil or Devil, the way it's been called, where it's set in a lift for the whole film. And it, I've got that on DVD. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that either. It was just such an obvious twist coming. Oh, and The Visit, maybe the worst sort of attempt to hide a twist ever in a film. It was just straight, because you know, especially because you know you're watching them like Shaman, he's almost got a rod for his own back because you're expecting a twist straight away. Um, so you, you start looking for the twist and it was just so obvious with that film, the visit, um, what the twist was. And you know, then he obviously had 
you know, tell them like what was it the happening? Just a, a really bad film. So yeah, he, he is he's very hit, hit and miss. So you can do either sublime or absolutely terrible films. So it, it'll be interesting to see what he does, and I will go and see it. You know, because I'm I'm always going to go and watch a um a director who, who can you know try something different. It's not going to be you know painting by numbers from him. It is one of the things that's good to, to watch his films for, whether they hit or miss. How I feel about... I mean, it, yeah, it, do, it does look really good. I think it's based on a book. Oh, is it? I've not, I've not read too much of it, to be honest. Again, just, you know, there's one person I'm not going to read too much or watch any trailers for. It's going to be a night shaman because I don't want to be... or going completely blind to it and, and not have any sort of idea of what's going on before I even start the film. I want it to unfold in front of me. Because you know the way he does direct and and the different style he has. I think again, he's kind of been almost typecast as a director or a writer because he's famous for having that twist in the sixth sense. Yeah, and, and because of that, it, it's kind of haunted his career since then. Because everyone's like, "Oh, I wonder what the twist is going to be in this one." And he's, I mean, he's probably just sitting there like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> Another twist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, when I'm still trying to think of films that he hasn't done a twist in, and people are like, well, well it's a twist. <laughs> you know, you, you can't win or can't, you know, you can't win, can only lose, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll say, um... I, did, I did enjoy um, Unbreakable. I thought it was great. I thought Six Sense was fantastic. So, yeah, you know, he's done some really top quality films as well. So, a lot of very middling and one very terrible film. No, that the, um, the movie Old, that was originally based on. A, I think it was a French comic book, okay. and the comic book itself was far, far more depressing. So I kind of right. looked into it, and it was like the ending but it was very, um, oh. oh god, it, it, it's one of those things where you sit there like and you just question everything in life afterwards, like the ending of <laughs> the mist or something, just like sit, that. yeah, it, yeah, pretty much. Like you just sit there staring at the wall afterwards, like, oh dear god, what have I just witnessed? <laughs> yeah, that one's this this year, which is gonna watch a film called Speak No Evil. On Shudder. Oh, that was depressing and an incredibly hard watch. Um, really well done, but just a film I'll never watch again. Yeah, that was one that... I think you mentioned it to me. I looked yeah. into it afterwards and I was like, oh, yeah, I can understand why this would be a bit of a... Um... It's a very oh. frustrating movie as well, but for different reasons I'm not going to go into, because, you know, people should still watch it. It's, it's really highly rated. The, it, it's really well done, but it's just some choices made by certain protagonists and, and characters in within it but you just find really difficult to believe they would you know make those choices in the situations they're put in so that's when that sort of thing happens in a film it can be it can sort of ruin your enjoyment of it and just too far to the you know too far to the way to the left of making the right decision like yes. you end up shout you shout at the tv well, yeah, i think i had to pause Speaking of evil, I'm going to get myself a, a drink because it was annoying me that much. It was just like, what are you doing? Especially because it's got children involved. You're just like, mm, I can't, no, no, that wouldn't happen. Nah, like, as a parent yourself, you're literally there like, you know what, no, I would not make that choice. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. fuck this, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, yes, get you a new bunny. <laughs> so, yes, oh. that, that's my, my second film I've got down on my list is Knock at the Cabin, M. Night Shyamalan. I'm not sure, I should have written it down all the um, potential release dates, but I haven't. Um, so yeah, I'm sure when that one comes out. Uh, I'm interested in watching Blood. Okay. God, it was it was really annoying trying to find because if you're typing Blood on Google, like it just comes up with everything. You just say like, oh, for God's sake, just fine. I'll type in the year and write movie. I'll get the point across. 
I've not, I've not heard of that one. Heard of, um, no, I've not. So what's this one about? Who's... Mm. Uh, Jess, a separated mother and nurse, moves with her daughter and young son Owen back into her old farmhouse. Shortly after settling in, Owen is bestened by the family dog, resulting in a mysterious infection from the bite. When Jess discovers a disturbing cure, he she is tested on how far she's willing to go to save her child. Okay, no, no, I'll put that on my list of keeping an eye on them, but I've not heard of that one, so... This. I like it when I sort of mention films and people are like, oh, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah, I've, I was looking through upcoming films and yeah, I mean, I haven't gone into the level of what's coming up from the sort of indie scene as well, what's been going around on the, you know, the current sort of um, festival circuit because that will then lead into being released this year, hopefully. You know, the ones that do well are sort of like Sundance and um, Fright Fest and stuff. They normally come out um, within the year, but I've not really followed that much so much so far. Um, I've been more about, I've, I've concentrated more on sort of like the bigger licenses that are coming out this year. So yeah, it's good to hear one that might be worth checking out if that's not so known. So that's, that's added to the letterbox list. Yeah, it looks creepy. I mean, again, it's a, a creepy child. <laughs> But it's it's nice to see that it's um it's a single parent that's trying to navigate how to help their child. It's not like a couple that are like, how do we deal with this? And they're fighting about it. It's yeah. literally like someone that is determined to make sure their child is okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. You get the creepy child thing is a is a good trope within. So there's a well well trodden trope as well. Actually, have you ever seen a film? I think it might be on Netflix now, actually, or Prime. I'm not sure which one. Um, which does a sort of does a horror comedy version of this sort of evil challenge. It's called Little Evil. And the, uh, Netflix. Yeah, have you seen that one? It's great. It's great fun. It's, I love the way Satan are taking that sort of evil child um, trope and twist, put it on its head. And you know, the kid's obviously meant to be Damien from The Omen. Um, but it is obviously a very, very funny film. I still need to watch it. I watched the trailer for it and I was like, oh, you know what, this actually looks really good. And then I just kept really putting good. it off. It's really good. It's obviously a lot of it's about this sort of like, you know, the new stepfather or a new man in the mum's life coming in, learning how to deal with this kid who believes he's evil and stuff. <laughs> and it just gets really good. Yeah, it's a really funny and really fun film. I recommend that one of you. Like your creepy children. <laughs> I would like to do a Creepy Kids episode because there's just so many of them. Oh, God, there's so many of them, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. there's a a lot of films to to go through there. Children of the Corn, Starters, Face One I Remember, Village of the Damned, Mm. you know, there's some older ones and there's, you know, all the the new ones, Pet Cemetery's got them and things like that. So, next up, sorry, Um, I was just thinking, there's just so many of them, it's just, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, but then, two-parter easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then every time we do one of the um, sort of sit and talk about a particular genre of horror films, you like sit down beforehand and you just, like, this, this, there's just too many films to talk about. You know, you try and quickly cover some of your favourites, and but you could you, you always finish the, the chat and realise you missed the film out afterwards. It's, you know, it, there's there's only so many tropes of horror, and so that's why it's always good when something new comes out, like Get Out or what have you. But um, yeah. Yeah, there's been many, many creepy kids filmed down the years. So next one up yeah. is another sort of um, well-known um, sort of license, which, I mean, I've only precluded this because there will be people who like this film, this series of films, and I pretty much only like the first one, and not even all of that, to be fair. Although one of the first half of the first film was proper fantastic jump scares, especially in the cinema. So there's a new Insidious film coming out. 
um, called Fear of the Dark. Um, or Fear of the Dark, I think it might be. Um, so what's interesting about this, it's Patrick Wilson who is plays the character of one of the Warrens in, in the sort of Conjuring universe. It's his first directorial film, so his directorial debut. So um, it could be... You know, it'd be interesting to see what he does with that. I don't I imagine this will be more of a straight to streaming than a you know um, a cinema release. There's been five of them in the, in the series. Insidious, Insidious Chapter Two, then you know, imaginatively named Insidious Chapter Three, and the last one was Insidious. The last key. I, I think I've seen I've seen the first two. I liked the first one. Two didn't do it for me. I've started watching three and I just turned it off. I wasn't getting on with it. But it is backed up because it's Blumhouse again. It's backed up by James Wan. Jason Blum and Lee Wannell, so you know there is a bit of hope there for a good film. Um, so you know, should sure give Patrick Wilson support. Although production duties now get a credit for them could be anything from just helping you know put the film together by it being on on your um, your label or put money into the film will get you a production a producer's credit these days. Um, oh, I mean, always has actually. So say Robin these days. So you know, just because it produces on it doesn't mean they'll have massive input. So. We'll have to see how it goes, but yeah, I just thought I'd bring that one up just to put on people's radars that there is another Insidious film because I know it's a well liked series with some people. I don't mind the Insidious films, I like the first like two. After that, I was a bit like, uh, okay, then, but again, it's uh, they do rely on a lot of like annoying jump scares. Yeah, I thought the first one, the first half of the first one had jump scares, but they were really well executed and really creepy. Like, you'd see, suddenly see someone in the background you hadn't spotted before and it'd make you properly jump, you know, it was really well done. And that's what really got me with Insidious chapter, or just Insidious. Um, I think I sort of lost me a bit when it went into, what to call it, the under, not the underground, the never or something, I can't remember what it's called, in Insidious, the, um, what was the it, realm. Like the dark place yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because it was like the demon that looked like Darth Maul oh, was exactly. showing his nails. Was, oh, that's like, oh. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, maybe it could be interesting. Never know. I'll have to look at the trailer for that one because I haven't. After the uh, what was it? The uh, the key one came out. I was a bit okay. like, you know, what I'm it. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. I might if it come if it gets good reviews, I might watch it. I watched the trailer and see how it feels. Exactly. So just. I try not to rely on trailers too much, but at the same time, it's like it's like it's another insidious film, or when another Conjuring film comes out, and I'm just there like, oh, it's just going to be filled with jump scares. <laughs> uh, my next film, which is a uh, well, typically part of a film franchise that many people know about, it's called uh, Evil Dead Rise. So yeah, that is on my sort of high up, excited for list. Um... Yes, Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, obviously, Evil Dead. You, you sold me already, so... <laughs> I mean, the screenshots from it alo- alone look really good. Like the, um, oh, what was it? The Deadites mm-hmm. look it's... really creepy. Like, they actually look really, like, m- almost modernised, but they yeah. don't look, like, ridiculously demonic. They do look a little, little bit like zombies, but I'll, I'll let that go. Interestingly, just before we started this podcast, um, Chris Campbell sort of tease that tomorrow the trailer drops for it so that's going to be interesting if you want to watch that and also he released a poster a poster for it and i was as like paul put it in our whatsapp group 
and the person Chris said was it looks like a poster for the film Smile. If you go and look after we finish recording, it really does look like you could just take the white Evil Dead Rise and put the word Smile on there. It's weird how they've they chosen that image. Maybe it's because of, of the popularity of Smile to try to jump on the back of it. But, you know, Evil Dead is one of the biggest franchises, most loved franchises in horror history, so they don't need to be doing that. Oh, definitely not. Oh, I'm just going to quickly look at it now. Got me curious. <laughs> yeah, it's based on um, the story, I believe, is what I know is like two sisters um, who you know, are strange and come back to, you know, they have a reunion all goes out up, up in the air when their dates come along. Um, and this is a film, actually, which is what interests me. Is this film is actually directed by Lee Cronin, who is a director, wrote and directed the film The Hole in the Ground. And that's apparently Sam, Sam Raimi saw that film and loved it, and that's what got him, to, you know, Lee Cronin the, the, the job for Evil Ed Rise. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with this, a much bigger, bigger budget film. Obviously. Okay, I can, kind, I can kind of see what you mean with a lot of like, some of these posters. I mean, one or two of them do look a bit like, um, oh, what was it? Uh, wow. Day of the Dead and Die with yeah. the Dead sort of look to them. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that's just dropped tomorrow for tomorrow, I'll forward you in a bit, um, is definitely very smile-like, smile-like as we call it. Um, but yes, yeah, so this this will be going to be interesting because I think it'll be the first film, I guess actually Army of Darkness wasn't set in the woods, but it's first even their named film to, to move outside of the cabin in the woods sort of scenario. So I think it's, um, I don't know where exactly it's set, but, you know, in a block of flats somewhere, I guess. But um, it's going to be interesting and exciting, to be honest. Uh, I'm hoping for the best for it because I don't think there's been much rubbish in, in the world of Evil Dead and everything they've done. The first three films, well, the first three films were fantastic. First films, great. Then you've got um, the reboot was fantastic. The Ash vs. Evil Dead series was amazing. So, you know, they've not really done much wrong with this series so far. So there's a lot riding on. It's for, just for that alone, because you know it's got a lot, it's got big boots to follow, or you know, big boots to step into. So, yeah. Just keep up the momentum; it's yeah. fine. <laughs> again, you know, you, you'll be excited for it, um, and because I say everything they've done in that this series, and you know, it's a very different. Um, it's almost like the way you've got George Romero's original zombies. You know, the deadites are are very set monsters that was created by Sam Raimi and, and the guys who, who created the Evil Dead franchise. So. Sam, Rob, Bruce, all those guys that have created, you know, this little universe of their own. So it, it excites you that if this film does well, there could be more to come. I'm all for it because I love that series of films. Big fan. So I saw the um, a screenshot or a poster of it, like the tower blocks of the apartment. Mm-hmm. I kind of reminded me of like, those really tall block of flats you get all over the UK. And I was just thinking, like, imagine if they did Evil Dead Rise in a block of flats in the UK and it's just, they're like, oh dear God, the chaos. <laughs> like they did with um, Attack the Block. It wasn't obviously Deadites, it was the aliens, but yeah. They did do a sort of high-rise horror film in the UK. Yeah, that was on my list as well, and not surprised because I thought we'd definitely cross over in a couple, um, just because, you know, such big names. That are coming out, there's there is actually a lot of um. We'll, we'll go through some more in a bit. But there's a lot of sort of the big franchise stuff is coming out next year, and it's great. I think 2022 is such a great strong year for horror. Uh, with some really big big box office receipts, plus um fantastic films that horrors horrors on a on a good up 
up with projector. Yeah, like there's the uh, the new Scream film that's coming out this year. Yes, so that was, I have got that on my list. Um, Scream 6. Yeah, uh, it's uh, directed by Tyler Gillette and Martinelli Alpen, who did Scream 2022, which was fine. I, I liked it when I watched it. I've watched it again since. Not uh, you know, I think I liked it more when I watched it because I'd seen a spoiler for it before. I actually saw the film myself, which ruined one of the, the people who did the um who, who who was the you know the ghost face character so it went to a different way than i expected a little bit because i was always looking out for this description i'd seen so uh, because i had something else going as well sort of made me like it because i was thought i was going to be ruined by the spoiler but then when i watched it again i was like oh god it was so obvious if you hadn't had that spoiler you'd, you'd have got it anyway uh so yeah wait so screen 20 was fine it, it, it wasn't great it wasn't terrible but... And then, but they also did directed these two guys. They directed Ready or Not, which I loved. Um, so I think it was tomorrow or even. Um, have you seen that film, Ready or Not? I think it's on Netflix now. It, it's it, yeah, yeah, it's uh... pretty fun. It's the one where they get married and then they go to the you know rich house. You know, they get married into money, and it's a comp- they make they make um, games and they play games. At, you know, New Year's Eve or whatever it is a set, and then they, they you know the game that comes out is Ready or Not. So they got to chase her down. She survives, she lives, or what have you. And it's just a really good, fun sort of action horror comedy. Yeah, I can't. With, with Scream 6, so it, it, I guess it's different. set in New York this time, so at least it's, you know, taken out of the um, Woodbrook, the, the place that's non set. Mm. Um, so I can't see it being anything different or new, but, you know, Ghostface will be a slasher and there'll be lots of meta humour and there's no, um, no surprise there. You know, it's a direct sequel to Scream 22. Although Neve Campbell is not returning to her role as Sydney Prescott, um, which will be the first film yeah. to not feature her character, which I believe it's a, like, like it, it something like a, like they weren't going to pay as much for yeah, that for the next that, film. That's what I think it was. Yeah, I think it was more what they offered her, me not want to do it rather than not want to reprise that role. So it's a shame, but you know if they obviously couldn't come to a deal on it, then that's what what, what happens. But I think Courtney Cox is still in it. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, again, it's one of the big, it'll be a big name, you know, it's such a big franchise, a well-loved franchise. For myself, I've, I like Scream 1 and 2, I don't think I liked any, I think I liked 2, I'm trying to remember which one, no, I didn't like 4, I know I really didn't like 4, um, I can't remember you know, much about 3, but Scream 1 was is a legendary film for me, I absolutely adore Scream 1, um, yeah, amazing Wes Craven films, um, yeah, I'll, I'll still go to the cinema and watch this, no doubt, because, you know, it's a big, big horror event film, I'll definitely go and watch it. It's a type, it's a type of film. It. Yeah, you are hoping for the three to four out of five. You you'll take a three out of five when you're watching Scream Six, you know. You get the sixth film in the franchise and it's still okay when you when you're happy. Just hope it, it um I hope it doesn't turn into like a um Jason Goes to Manhattan movie. Yeah, well that, that's I mean you start setting it in different places. I did think exactly that you know, Jason takes Manhattan, um being set in New York and stuff, but well you can't keep going to the same place and setting it though either, can you? So you've got to try something different, so at least a try and that we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it'll be decent. Yeah, like you said, even if it's like a, <coughs> a three out of five, it would still be a good watch. Yeah, you'll still enjoy it, exactly. You still enjoy it. When you know it's not like you're watching it for the screen for the first time, this great character turns up. You know what's coming, you know everything that's gonna happen in this film. You know, it's almost like a whodunit horror, isn't it? Uh, you know, that's all you're watching, you just want it to be fun and enjoyable. Yeah. So yeah, that was on my I list as well. I just hope there's some decent like landmark shots that they have in the film, like death scenes and like famous areas. 
We'll see, we'll see what they do. I'm sure there'll be someone dying on the subway. Again, I've, I've not, I, think I think there's a trailer being released for that again, but um, I've not I've not watched it yet. I'll try to avoid it. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, a movie called The Price We Pay. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, after a pawn shop robbery goes wrong, two criminals take a refuge uh, at a remote farmhouse to let the heat die down and find something much more menacing. Okay. Don't know that one either. Just looking at oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I saw the trailer for it and I was like, ooh, this actually looks really good. And then it, it does get quite dark in some places because uh, they take a hostage and they go to a farmhouse and turn out, they see that there's like stuff going on at the farmhouse that they did not expect. Yeah. That sounds like the plot of um, the film The Cottage. Have you ever seen that? It was a British film. Uh, oh, it was, it, I remember the girl that was... Jennifer Ellison back, I think it was maybe 90s or early 2000s. Oh, 2008, there you go. And it's um, Andy Serkis, obviously, you know, Gollum, and Reese Shear Smith, who you'd know from Inside Number Nine, and, you know, This Is England, etc. Um, Fielding, sorry. Then Jennifer Ellison, who was sort of a, you know, a pretty sort of zoo magazine, sort of regular type person. And yeah, that that's pretty much what happens in that film, I think. Uh, I've watched it once, and it was it was more of a horror comedy. Yeah, just funny. That's it. That's, he's got. I think the girl they kidnap is is the daughter of like a crime boss. So you know, I think I'm pretty sure there's something weird going on in the house as well. But yeah, that sounds interesting then. Yeah, I mean, even in the trailer, it, it does show a couple of things, but it's not enough to put you off wanting to watch it. But it doesn't spoil too much for you either. Just gives you like a little hint. A little hint <laughs> of what's coming. Yeah. Mm. Okay, another one to my list that I haven't got on at the minute. Got... I mean, it, it does show a someone getting a scalpel to the eyelid. Nice, so... nice, very faulty, <laughs> very faulty. You, you like, yeah, um... I saw that and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to watch this, but I'm uh... going to make sure I do it on a day where I'm paying attention. I don't don't feel uncomfortable seeing stuff like that. <laughs> I gouge and I I sort of mutilations are very much Alicia faulty uh, trademark as well because it's because it's just horrific to watch, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just something about about the eye that makes you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, body horror in general, it, it can get you, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty gross. Is, uh, I watched a film just recently, which is I uh, put on anyone's radar. It's it's, it's fantastic. Um, called uh, Bones and All. Have you heard of that film? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard of that yeah, film, it, and it's quite, um, yeah, it's, it's different. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not as gruesome as you'd expect. Actually, it, it's got you know some pretty rough gore in there, but it's just such a great film. Such a good idea. Yeah, so if you ever get, if it comes up to watch it at any point sooner, make sure you watch that one. I really highly recommend it. It's like it's it's a weird sort of love story, but it you know it's obviously both cannibals, but not cannibals that you'd know it from sort of the Hills of Eyes and things like that. Um, it's almost yeah, cannibals are set in the world, whereas you know like you'd have vampires in a vampire movie world. It's a bit like that, and it's really actually I really thought it was quite clever the way it took um, that genre of sort of protagonist and turned it into this film which ends up being basically a love story yeah really really well shot really nice film but yeah some really nasty body horror in it yeah the story look is interesting the style of it is really yeah, nice some, some fantastic acting in it as well um i'll tell you who and why but there is there's a couple of characters in there who are just really well played really well played uh, the whole aspect of it is more to do with the um, like the actual subject matter than anything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, subject matter is not is not um, 
you know it's not going to be a, a, an easy watch. <laughs> but yeah, it's such a great film, so I highly recommend that one. I've got also, um, just to keep getting rid of these out of the way, <laughs> because there's two, there's a, there's a film coming up called next year, is release of The Nun 2, which is part of the Conjuring universe, obviously. Um, and, you know, the character of The Nun, it, this is a bit like, it's really a bit like Arthur Clan from Terrifier, or Terrified. I really like the character. The films have been pretty rubbish, so it's like um, the nun, the nun one was beautifully shot visually. I loved it, loved it visually, but the, you know the content of the storyline was just awful. Unfortunately, you know it, it, but it did do such a massive amount of the box office. There was always going to be a sequel, so i have sort of got a little bit of hope that maybe, and you know, not too much hope, but a little bit of hope that maybe they'll do one, which is you know they'll they'll, they'll have taken feedback and. And do a better storyline this time. Although this is this is where we're talking about um, earlier, right? Cheap jump scares. It, this is a type, this is that exact type of film that is just going to be jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. Yeah. So Bonnie Aaron's is, is a lady present and she's great in it, but yeah, it, it's not one I'm, I'm excited for. But I will watch if it's you know available to stream um, or get some really good reviews and go to cinema because yeah, I really like the characters and none. Only it's a shame that the last film was all style and no substance. You hate it when films do that, because you think, oh, yeah, this is going to look lovely. Yeah. And that's all it, all it is. It looks lovely, but there's just nothing to it. Yeah, exactly, and that's, that was unfortunate for the issue of none. So the other one I've got, which is, like, part of the big franchise, and it just I want to see it just because I just want to see how you get Tobin Bell back into it, and um, Saw 10 is coming out next year. Uh, and you know, Spiral came out and uh, last year was it last year, and it was just a bad movie and it bombed. I think. Um, so they've got they're not gonna they're not gonna kill this franchise off because Saw does so well. Uh, you know, over the years it was the one it was the guaranteed Halloween film year after year, wasn't it? And so they've got number ten of it coming out this year, and somehow Tobin Bell, who's died about fifteen times in these films, he's back in it as Jigsaw. Um, it's directed by. Kevin Grutert, or I don't know if it's about if I've pronounced that correctly, but Kevin Grutert or Grutert, he directed Saw 6 and Saw 3D, both of which I wasn't a fan of. Um, and he was also expected executive producer on Spiral, which I really didn't like. So, you know, I'm not holding that much out, but I'll still, like any store film, I'll still go and watch it in the cinema because. It is it definitely for me it's event cinema with, with regards to like you know at least the traps and stuff are fun to watch and and you know see how how they how, how they can do it this time around yeah that's i think that's the last of the sort of big sort of studio or or big um franchise releases that are coming out next year that i thought we should mention really just because you know, they are such, such you know, sort of behemoths of horror franchise yeah, i kind of i gave up on the saw movies like i don't know three or four films ago yeah like Saw One was amazing. Saw One was just such a great film, and there were other decent films within that, you know, ten films or whatever. But um, you saw Saw One wasn't really gory, or it was the traps were there and stuff. But it wasn't really a gory film. It was just a very clever, clever film. But once you've done that Saw One, and then to take it on, it then became about the traps, right? And then it sort of went off in a way about how can we make more ingenious traps that what people are coming for now. A bit like you know Final Destination series, which are all pretty much all of them films are good. I think off the top of my head, I don't think I can remember a bad Final Destination film, but they're all about like how's Death gonna do the traps to kill these people now? Yeah, I guess people come back for that, you know, they enjoy it. It's a sort of the ingenuity of the traps that bring people back to the cinema. 
so yeah again i will go watch it but you know i'm not i'm not like overly excited by it yeah i mean i'm probably gonna give that one a miss because i just haven't seen the last like two maybe three of them because yeah. i just i just Gave up. <laughs> I think it, by the sounds you'd probably be able to go into have not seen last three and it'd be alright because it's got to one belly again. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. The likelihood is going to be rubbish, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> Just a sliver of hope. <laughs> yeah, there's always a sliver of hope and it's a hope that kills you. Mm-hmm. Another film that I've got on the horizon is called The Offering. Uh, in the wake of a young Jewish girl's disappearance, the son of a I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Hazardic um, funeral director returned home with his pregnant wife in hopes of um, uh, reconciling with his father. Little do they know that directly beneath them in the family morgue, an ancient evil with sinister plans for the unborn child lurks inside a uh, mysterious corpse. Okay. Now again. And I hear that one. Um, trying to think of the other film or oh, a film I've seen in the last couple of years, which is about uh, someone being someone being paid to um, the vigil. That's it. The vigil. It's called. So yeah, it's a Jewish funeral um, home, and I think it. I have to double check that in case I'm getting that completely wrong. But um, they need to stay with the body overnight when they die, and yeah, this guy does does it, and it's quite you know. It's a good, good like supernatural film. Just seeing who's, I just looked up this offering and I seen Paul Caden and I'm a big fan of his. So that, that gets me to um, want to watch it. Paul Caden did, you know, originally known for the character Dennis Pennis and he was in Game of Thrones and he's another other good stuff. He, he's he's a good actor and it makes me laugh. So I'd be interested to watch that one. It does look interesting. I mean, it is giving me uh, what was it like you said, like the visual kind of vibes. But at the same time, it feels like it's like part the visual, part. Uh, the body of Jane Doe. Oh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah. Kind of. yeah, yeah. The autopsy of Jane Doe. That's such a great film. It's such a yeah, it. such, a, such an underrated film. It's like, yeah. If anyone talks about supernatural witchy type films, that, that's got to be on your list. It's um, and I we get to mention in a bit for another film that um I'm looking forward to next year. So hopefully this this film when we talk about it, that if you've seen the autopsy of Jane Doe, you should get excited for this director. So yeah, okay, fantastic. So okay, well. We'll talk about two films I've got, uh, one follows the other, um, in just terms of how they're linked. So, first up is what looks to be a horror comedy, and it has to be a horror comedy from the sounds of it, is Renfield, um, which is obviously a new take on the Dracula story, but it's from the point of view of his sort of devotee, Renfield. Um, it's directed by the guy who um, did like a Batman movie, Chris McKay. So hopefully, like a really good quality um, horror comedy. I think it was pitched when I read it. It was pitched as being in the same vein as what we do in the shadows. Which, if that's the case, then I'm all in because I love that film and the TV series. And obviously, Nicolas Cage playing Dracula is going to be. A I mean, that alone movie. would be yeah. enough to make me yeah. watch it. <laughs> I see these sort of. There was some um, leaks of of like on on side shots of Nicolas Cage dressed up as as Dracula and it just made me laugh because the outfit he was wearing looked like it was bought from like you know Spirit of Halloween or a cheap you know Halloween shop over here and it was just yeah it looked terrible so yeah I thought it's gonna be a comedy it can't be a serious film if that's okay if he's gonna be dressed like that so yeah I think that's that's something to look forward to I think that could be a, a real fun fun um fun film yeah and you say Nicolas Cage is playing Dracula it's, it's gonna be good right it's gonna be interesting at the very least yeah it's either gonna be like really calm and subdued or he's gonna go full nick cage 
Yes, it'll it, it certainly make an interesting Dracula, that's for sure. And that's actually followed, and this is why it's linked, is another Dracula-related film coming out next year, which I've, I've known about for a couple of years, because um, I met a guy who worked on the film, the convention, um, and it's called The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is a, basically it's a story based on one chapter of the you know the, the gothic novel Dracula, which is about um, the Russian ship on which Dracula travels from you know Transylvania to Whitby Bay on. So it's about you know that that that, that, that actual voyage where his coffin gets put in the ship and it crosses over to to the UK and you know as as known in the book it, it turns up and there's no one left alive. So and and I've seen some of this like sort of behind the scenes shots. It looks really good and it's directed by Andre Overdell who directed Trollhunter which I loved, Scary Movie to Tell in the Dark which I liked and The Autopsy of Jane Doe which I loved so um, yeah I'm pretty excited by this one I think this could be a really good really good film uh, I don't know again I'm not sure whether it's getting cinema release or free to streaming but whichever way I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to see this film because you know I love Dracula that's, that's sort of the character and the story behind it all the different versions of the films I've seen um it's one of my favorites so yeah I'm pretty excited about this one that's, that one sounds really good I mean I'd, I'd probably watch Renfield as like a date movie yeah yeah, Renfield sounds like a good watch. But the other maybe I'll probably watch if I was like, like if I wanted like a little drink or I was drinking like a nice cup of tea and have a couple of snacks <laughs> with it. I can see, I mean, last word of the I can imagine from what I've seen, something like behind the scenes shots and stuff, I just think it'd be a great cinema experience, you know, big, scary docks, you know, film, big ocean waves and stuff. I can see it being really, really good. So I'm hoping it gets a, a cinema release, but um, I, I haven't checked out whether it's due for that or not. I will have a look after this. Um, yeah, so that, that's one that definitely want to put on people's radars because it could be absolutely fantastic. Which now means it's going to be terrible because I've talked it up so much, but it does look, the premise of it is, is so so good. Um, I'm pretty excited for it. For me, as long as the acting's at least half decent and there's really good sound design on the boat, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think. Yeah, the, the sound design would be great in the cinema, you know, that, that big, it can be epic on it, you know, you've got a both, you know, a big seafaring film, like light and waves splashing everywhere, you can imagine it being, being great in a big screen. Uh, uh, well, another film that's on my list, it, it has been released in its, uh, I think in the Philippines or South Korea already, oh. but it's not available in the UK until about March time this year. It's called uh, Project Wolf Hunting. Uh, dangerous criminals on a cargo ship who are transported from the Philippines to South Korea as they unleash a sinister force after an after an escape attempt leads to a riot. Okay, now again, another one that's not been on my radar yet. I mean, the trailer looks really good for it because it's just... Yeah, it's, I'll, 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 I'll have a look after the thing to watch the trailer, but yeah. But yeah, it's creepy, the... But the it looks really gritty for the way, yeah. what it is. But it's the fact that really it's these criminals that are taken over a boat, only to find out that there's something more on that boat, dangerous, yeah. and, uh, more dangerous on the boat, boat that's going to hunt them down. And it's just kind of like, oh, this could be interesting. And because it's very um, like uh, what was it, like Asian horror, like South Korean horror, horror based in like Japan and india and it's just kind of like films like that just have a, a grittiness to them yeah, that's absolutely. just not quite i think it's how how it's presented how the characters are formed and just 
the appearance of it. Like even in the trailer, like the the criminals, they look sweaty, they look gritty. Like you can imagine that like, the boat would just smell of like stale bo and just grime. And I, I like that about the film. I like the fact that the trailer lets you know that this isn't a safe place, and it's there's gonna there's gonna be all sorts about it that just make you uncomfortable, whether it's the thought of like the smell, just the the confinement of all these people on one boat, and it's just it's just a lot that I I mean this is a film that I'd absolutely love to watch. I don't know whether it's going to be streaming or if it's coming to the cinema, but it looks really good. Okay, yeah, no, it does. And it it sounds interesting. Definitely, <laughs> it's a good film to follow on from the voyage of the uh, last voyage of Demeter to talk about. You know, two films we're looking forward to there, which are, are both about. People getting hunted down on a ship, so it could be both um, a double a double M um, screening film. Be an interesting one. Yeah, that's both of them featured on cinema at the same time. Yeah, there's been a little resurgence sort of Asian horror because it went quiet for a while. Or I don't know, you know, nothing was coming up that was on my radar. But there's been a few recently of in the last few years of Train to Busan. We had one. I've seen one this year, which is ultra violent, um, called The Sadness. Have you seen that? It's a Taiwanese film. I've got. I've seen bits of it and I'm like, oh, that, that oh, is like, oh I need, this needs to be on a good day. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 ultra violent, absolutely. It was, but it was great. It it was almost like one of these ones that has got some themes that people might not be very comfortable with. So if you if you're thinking of checking it out, just check out sort of like what the film's about for trigger warnings because you know it's not just the the gore. There's some pretty nasty sexual violence in there, where it does go to places that. You know, I haven't seen since something like a Serbian film, but it's still it's it's not done in a, in, a, in a, as a um, gratuitous way as, as something like a Serbian film. And I did really actually enjoy the sadness; it was brutal. But yeah, there's been sort of a, a resurgence to that sort of shock, sort of you know, nasty body horror um, that you can get from sort of Southeast Asia. I like that, there's just that there's more films coming out now that seem to have like the violence, but also the storyline and the character development. Like the sadness, like it's got all three of those things. It's very difficult to have all of them work yeah, well together. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you get stuff like back in the day, hostile and stuff, which had, you know, it, it has a shock, shock, you know, body horror, but not really a great story. It, it works as well. So, yeah, it's just a story to get you into a place where you can sort of create these sort of shock moments rather than have a, you know, a good sort of story. Sort of, this is like very much a 20 days later type story, really, the sadness, but with just. An ultra violent 28 days later. It's not something you haven't seen before. I think it's just a shock of some of the the, um, the gore in it. The level of gore is, is incredible. Yeah, it's like 28 days later, but the um, the rating rating board is a bit different. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit more lax with what they'll let you see. Uh, I've got one more thing, and it's actually a TV series that's going to okay. come onto Amazon Prime. What is that one? Uh, it's called The Rig, and it's uh, a group of workers on a remote Scottish oil rig are due to return uh, due to return to the mainland when a mysterious fog enshrouds them and the supernatural forces take hold. So it's kind of like if you put... Oh, what was it? Uh, the mist on an oil rig. Yeah, yeah, the mist or the fog on an oil rig, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of this one. I haven't seen much about it, but I have it. I knew it was coming out. I think someone was talking about it. Yeah, I never thought to really look at what TV series are coming out. Um, I'm not sure what horror TV series I've watched this year. It's, it's difficult because there's so much, so much, so little time to watch so much TV and film at this at the moment. Did finish watching Wednesday. Um, yesterday, which I loved. Have you seen Wednesday? The Adams Family. I still uh, need to watch it. It looks really good. It, it's just a just, lot of fun. I've, I've seen. 
a lot of fun. I've seen a uh, lot like certain things like the um, lots of the clapbacks that Wednesday does yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. the the fight she has with the pilgrims in the um, in the diner yeah, yeah. and it's just things like that. And I'm like, this is gonna be a good laugh. Yeah, no, it is. It's a really well done fun series. Um, again, it's got um, Jenny Ortega in it. She's you know you've seen you've seen her in a film and know you like this year because you messaged me about it. Film that I loved. Um, X. She was in X, and she plays. She's a girl who plays Wednesday, which is a bit of a changing role, but she's great in it. She's really good. Yeah, she's also in uh, Scream Five. Of course, yes, yes, of course, she is. Yeah, yeah, she is indeed. She is indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I like her 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 acting range from, but in X, she's quite a, a quiet sort of. Well, age, sort but of would rather be left in the corner kind of yeah. character. All the way from like wet to Wednesday, being like very self-assured, quiet, but very self-assured, um, strong. Yeah, it's real, not yeah. afraid to put her foot down and kind of go. You know what? I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. All the way to Scream, where she's literally like being chased by Scream Face, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh dear, not Scream Face, <laughs> Ghost Face. <laughs> yes, no, that, that's um, that's interesting. Rig, I'll keep an eye out for that. But yeah, it's we watching TV series. I mean, yeah, you just run out of time. Cause I tend to watch them with Helen, but then we're you know mixing up putting the kids to bed and stuff. So we end up going a whole different ways and watching separate TV shows. So I'll put that on my list to watch. Talking of Jenny Ortega and X, um, a film I've got two films. Well, one I've already seen actually for the for the wonders of VPN and having friends who live in the US who can sort subscriptions out and stuff for me. Um, and that is it's coming out in the UK in March. And this is this is one of the things that frustrate the hell out of me is that this film is now available for video on demand in America. You can stream it and, you know, it's been available for months and it's not even getting a cinema release over here until March. And that film is Pearl, which is the sort of prequel to X. And honestly, this film is so wonderful. Again, it's... It, I've got to recommend it, and it's not something I'm looking forward to because I've already seen it. But I think everyone, I think you should definitely, if you like Dex, you're going to love this. It, it's it's a beautifully shot. Um, it's, it's like almost like the Wizard of Oz of horror. The color palette and everything is so gorgeous. It, it, you can see what he's trying to do stylistically. And I actually prefer it just slightly to X. And the other guys, they liked X more. But I mean, it, it's split in hairs how good these films are. I don't think I've seen two you know films back to back from the same universe that you know have been this good for a long time um so yeah make sure you've got that on your list as soon as you see pale available to watch go and watch it because it, it, it's wonderful it's so good my mia goff is, is again brilliant in it she's just unhinged mad woman and it's yeah, just such a great film and following on from that one then is also being released next year well you know i'd say hopefully over here before 2024 but maxine which is the third film in that trilogy. So you got X, which is a 1970s film about them making a porn film and the hilarity in shoes. Then you got Pale, which is a sort of, I think it must be 30s. Yeah, I'm going to say 1930s Hollywood. Oh, no, actually be 40s because it's war, wartime. Wartime, yes, that's right. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's, it's somewhere in the 40s um, with Pale, who is the who plays the younger version of the character from X. Um, where she's looking to become you know, a Hollywood star back in the day. Um, and then Maxine follows that sort of bust um, for fame by taking on Maya Goff's character from, from um, X, not the character of Pearl, but the character of the porn star actually survives X. And it, it follows here on a, a, like into the 80s now. As far as I know, it, it, con- it continued journey towards acting fame in Los Angeles. So 
that I will be so excited for because I, was, I think I've said this before, I'm a massive Ty West fan and I loved loved X and Peel, so I'm praying that this is this is on par with, with X and Peel. We could look like one of the greatest for me, one of the greatest horror trilogies of all time. So it, it's I'm really excited. And this is probably the one that I'm so excited for. <laughs> I'm gonna wind myself up so much with and I'm gonna end up being disappointed. But yeah. I'm pretty, pretty damn excited for this one. I did, I did really enjoy watching X because it was a bit of like um, seeing that perspective of like um, people from different generations and like the um, sexual frustration mm. and There's so many themes in X run through that. You, you know, it, it's the it's the fear of growing old, isn't there? There's, there's the sort of like the dynamic of the relationship between the cameraman and his 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 girlfriend who ends up, you know, that's, that's a genuinely take a character who ends up wanting to be in the porn film and like you know it, it's got all these different dynamics going on with that film that, and then it's just funny as well <laughs> you know it's just such a great film um yeah it might be a, I, I bet you i'm saying now pale i like more but if i bet you watch them back to back i probably might even go extra like more they're just they're both so good they're both you know almost a par with each other they're just five out of five films for me in terms of horror with both of them so yeah i'm hoping maxine's anywhere near that level and we're in for a treat. It would be good if they keep up with the like the quality of it, and it's nice that it's not going to like another a, a random person. Like it's it's mere goth replies and her role. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it'd work if it went to another. And like just another timeline. Yeah. It's just really nice. It's just it's nice knowing that it's going to be it's going to be carried on like from like what a few years later. It's just I like it. Yeah. I like the idea. No, of that. exactly. It's it, it's so good so far. So. Fingers crossed. I don't know what the release date for that is. I don't know if it's if it's filming now or or it's in the can. I don't know. But um, I'm just I'm just desperate for it to come out because I so want to see it. So excited. The only other films I had like as little mentions was there's uh, another version, a new film coming out uh, based on Salem's Lot, um, the Stephen King original story. So um, I don't know much about this version. I'm presuming it's going to be faithful to the book. Gary Dobman, who is the director, is known for writing um, the Annabelle series and the It films. So he's going to be the director of that. So, you know, there's a potential. We're still going to, you know, Salem Lot TV series back in the day was amazing. Oh, the TV film, sorry, was amazing. It was soul. So there's potential because the storyline's so good that that could end up being a really good film. And then the other one, again, the Stephen King storyline again, it is a film called The Boogeyman, which is from the, the book Night Shift, and it's being directed by Rob Savage, who directed Host, which I loved, and Dashcam, which I've yet to see but heard. Both good and mixed reviews about, so I really want to see Dashcam sometime soon because I really loved Host. So I'm just like, interested to see what Rob Savage does. Um, with that as well, so maybe the other two things, I had cocaine beer there but we've spoke about that previously you had that on your list as well um, but yeah, that, that's that's pretty much my list done in terms of what's exciting and, and what's, you know, middle potentially with, with, with slight potential to be exciting next year Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to like when there's more announcements for like other horror films, but these ones, it's kind of like, right, these were tired me over. Yeah, this is what we know. For a while. Now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure mm. if I did a bit more, I'll get off this podcast again and I'll go, oh, I missed this one out. And I'm sure I mentioned this one's coming out and this one's in development. But, you know, it's easy to forget when you're, when you're going through your lists. <laughs> but yeah, there's, I mean, there's plenty, there, there's plenty there to be excited about. There really is. There's plenty there to be excited about. Um, and there will be other things coming, as it always is, like this year. 
Um, in terms of the independent circuit, we had some fantastic films. A Wounded Fawn was on Shudder. We spoke about Speak No Evil earlier. There was um, Deadstream. I really recommend watching Deadstream. That's a lot of fun. There was, you know, I think it was The Night House was this year. There was um, The Deep House as well, which I enjoyed. So, yeah, there's just, just so, been such a strong year for me for horror. And, and lots of the films I didn't even know were coming out before or they even existed before I got told to watch them. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of other films um I'm not getting the sort of build-up that these films are getting that will come out and, and, and blow you away. Yeah, I'm looking forward to looking into them and sort of like seeing when they're coming out, whether it's uh, digital streaming or coming out into the cinema. Either way, I'm happy. Yeah, should be exciting. Another exciting year be good. I mean, it's a good start for the year. There's like four of them coming out this month alone. Yeah, exactly. So let's see if we're, we're still excited come the end of January. <laughs> we're already done. Oh, don't worry. People will hear about it. So either I'm going to be really happy or I'm going to be like, why, why, why? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so where can people find you? So, as usual, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, really. So, Facebook, I think it's MK Space Horror Dot, because um, somebody else has got MK Horror. Um, or MK Horror Club on Instagram, even though we dropped the name Club. And it's MK Horror on Twitter. Best place to find what we're doing is to sign up to our newsletter at mkhorror.com. We don't update the website as often as we should, but if you sign up for our newsletter in there, we send a monthly newsletter telling you what films coming up. So we're we're currently sorting out what we've got coming up for for January with the Crawford Arms, and it's likely that film is going to be Child's Play. So we're going to be screening Child's Play at the Crawford Arms this month, and again, always it's a it's a it's a free event. We've got a license there. It's for free um, events. People will be done charge for people coming to watch these films. Then we'll have a film in early March, it looks like, at MK Gallery. Just waiting for MK Gallery to get back to us. But it is, I won't announce that film yet until they've said, yeah, we can do it. But it is the 50th anniversary of a certain film this year that we really want to get on the big screen. Um, I haven't seen it on the big screen before. I'm sure it's been up on the big screen in, in the last 10 years. But it being the 50th anniversary of a particular sort of demon-possessed type film. <laughs> um, yes, that, that, we'll, we'll be announcing that through the newsletter as soon as they, as they come back to us. I don't see there being an issue with the film being, being um, selected. To be honest with it, being its 50th anniversary. Sounds good. So uh, look forward to. Uh, f- well, I think I figured out which oh, one. Yeah, it is, I don't think I've got. I, 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 I don't think I hit that too well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be thinking of something completely different. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's two films of the and, same uh, name coming out this year. So <laughs> if, you, if you scroll back through the list, oh, probably yeah. listen, we've already spoke, spoke about one today. Oh, actually, no, what's film? Actually, sorry, I just realised we didn't speak about that, did we? Um, no, we didn't. No, I've, I've got it here to talk about, but um, yeah, it's one of the big ones that we missed. That The Exorcist is getting um a remake or reboot to say a reboot. Or well, honestly, reboot actually. I'm a bit looking at. I haven't seen a trailer for it, but the synopsis for the film. Um, again, it's a Blumhouse film. Oh, here's here's the thing. It's directed by David Gordon Green, who did all the recent Halloween films. So you know, are we going to get Halloween 2018, which is great? Are we going to get Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends, which I hated both of them? So, you know, I mean, lots of people like the whole three films. So please don't take my my um, opinion on them as as you know how the films are. Uh, make your own opinion when you watch them. But yeah, um, and and what what I'm a bit wary about is uh got Ellen Burstein coming back as Chris McNeil, who's Reagan's mother in the original film. And if this feels to me, I've not even seen any more of the story that it's like it's it's fallen into that recent trend of bringing back old favourites from the original films to face old adversaries. So obviously we had 
Jamie Lee Curtis coming back in um, Halloween. Then we had, oh God, I've forgotten the name from Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming back in a, in a new remake. And that was badly done. So bringing back an ori original legacy character from The Exorcist as well just feels a bit a bit um, red flaggy to me. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're going to make a great film um, because, you know, the original film is one of the greatest of all time. That shall be, in terms of what's coming up next year, that's another one I'll be looking forward to seeing but with a bit of trepidation on how they do it. Yeah, I'm wary of them as well. When they come to like um, reboots or remakes, but they bring back like key characters, I'm like, mm, I'm hesitant now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it worked well on Halloween 2018. I don't think it's worked well on any, any other film that's been done. On, so, and yeah, you want something a bit original. It, just because it's become a trend, don't, you don't need to copy and repeat that trend, which is, seems what they're doing with... The Exorcist remake, especially when you've got the same guy making The Exorcist made the Halloween films, which started that trend of bringing back the older legacy characters to face old adversaries. So, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it, it, it's, it's up there with Halloween 2018 rather than Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. So it also ends up being more like one out of, one out of the three films. It's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, oh dear. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and the Slasher app. Uh, you can listen to us on most listening platforms. We're uh, more active on Instagram than anything else. And we currently have our first Patreon episode up on well, Patreon. The Christmas special and I will be uploading more throughout the year. £3 a month, extra episodes, more content. Plus, you also get to join watch parties with us as well. Well, fantastic. Thanks for an interesting conversation oh, yeah. again. It's quite all right. I'm, I'm glad I managed to add more films to your list. 